Blessings to Israel presents Discerning the Times, a program committed to encouraging you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Now, in honor of the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, please join us for today's program. Welcome to the program. So glad to be with you once again today as we come together to discern the times by viewing life through the lens of the Bible. I am excited today because I have a special guest who is joining me to talk about a couple of topics that is very vital to the times that we're living in. There are a lot of people out there who have been incarcerated and we as a society and as as Christians, especially, we should want redemption for those people. We should want them to to be able to be redeemed and to get a second chance at life. And that is something that we often see in our culture today is that people don't want to give uh, individuals a second chance for for past transgressions. But we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that and we all need redemption. So I have a guest that is here to talk about his new book that is titled Set Free, a handbook for inmates and families. His name is Gary Ray. He is a motivational author and speaker with a heart to serve the hurting He has pastored evangelical churches for more than 25 years, successfully coordinated community support and outreach programs and gained valuable experience working with the homeless and justice impacted communities. Gary now serves in lead roles with the Set Free Indeed and I Am a Watchman Ministries. Gary has authored 12 books, including the new Christian speculative fiction novel, The Victor. And again, he's here today to talk with us about his book, Set Free. And then we'll also talk about the rapture of the church. So, Gary, thank you so much for sacrificing your time and coming on to join us today. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you for letting me be a part of your ministry today. Uh, My prayer is that what I have to say and the resources that I've developed will be a blessing to your listeners. Absolutely. It is truly an honor to have you. So to kick things off, talk with us about, again, this this book, Set Free, which is a handbook for inmates and families. What are things you, you chronicle different aspects of this whole process with the incarceration? What are things that families and first time inmates should know? Well, I think uh, the number one thing is that there's hope. The hurting must believe that there's nothing that God cannot do. There's no person he can't help, no sin he can't forgive, no heart he can't heal. God is able, and not only is God able to, but I believe that God desires to help the hurting. And so whether we're facing incarceration or whether we've got other problems in life, God is the answer. And that's that's the main thing that this book communicates, how to have a particular mindset that will help you get to where you want to go. And in this 295-page uh, set-free book, I talk about uh, things first-time inmates and loved ones of inmates should know, because it is a different world, and sometimes just the, the shock of it uh, is overwhelming. So there's some practical advice about what to expect, what paperwork someone should have, what rules they're going to have to comply with, uh, what areas they should be. Uh, aware of it and not go through it, all those kinds of things that are just foreign and really unique to the incarceration world. And and then there's a, most of the book profiles a plan for how to prepare for your future. It doesn't matter if you're a first-time inmate. Uh, most of the people I've talked with are, you know, third time in, and they just can't break the cycle. This book is designed to help people break that cycle. 
Mm. Wow. Well, Gary, I, I applaud your heart that you have on this topic, because I do think that that one of the things as as Christians, we we fail when it comes to inmates. I do think we tend to forget about those people or we tend to shun them. And sometimes it's subconsciously, um, sometimes maybe it's more intentional. But uh, as I said in the opening, we, we are in a society today when when people like to dig up things from the past, especially we see it in the political realm. When people are running for office, they dig up things that people did 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And, and there is no forgiveness. There's no uh, redemption that that the world sees. But God says in his word that, well, if if you are going to hold people to a certain standard in which you're not going to to uh, forgive them of their wrongdoings, then he's going to do the same for us when we stand before him. And when it comes to to inmates, it's always where maybe for us, the rest of us, I've never been in prison. But, you know, we may not have had that um, that that transgression in our lives where we committed a crime to the point of being in prison. But we've all done something that is wrong that we need forgiveness for. And so I, I applaud you again for what you're doing and how you are, are really having a heart for these inmates and for their families. Talk also about the steps in creating an effective game plan when it comes to in these who have been incarcerated. Yeah. Um, the recidivism rate is terribly high. More than three out of four people who are released from prison will be back in prison within five years. Mm. And I think most of the reason why is that people don't have a good game plan. Their game plan is, I want to get out. <laughs> I want to be free. And, and I, I understand. I empathize. However, that's not a game plan. You need to be thinking about some of the things that got you to where you are. What are your weak areas? What are your triggers? What are your temptations? What What environmental things have contributed to bad decisions and bad behavior. It could be a place, it could be an activity, it could be a person. Where are those weak points? And then you need to establish a game plan that's positive and support that game plan with steps and actions and people and organizations that will support you on this positive path. It's going to be difficult. The rebuilding restoration is possible, but it's always difficult. People have to know that they're going to have to do things that they've never done before, work harder than they've never worked before, than they've ever worked before, if, if they're going to get to this place where they're happy and successful and in the center of the Lord's will. And it's possible, and I want to stress so much that even though the world may reject you or cut you off, God never does. He, he remains faithful even when we do not, and he's there to help. And just with a little bit of a practical plan and hope and direction and knowledge of Scripture, I believe that this cycle of recidivism really can be, um, you know, turned on its head. We're just a, a, a few, you know, cycle back rather than the majority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are probably inmates right now who are listening to this interview. It's quite common that inmates will listen to Christian radio and, and they need some hope. They need encouragement. And, and that is why we are here to to share this today. And when when chronicling this this book, I take it, Gary, that this applies to everyone who's been incarcerated, whether it's for someone maybe who's facing prison time for for what we call petty thefts all the way up to murder. Is that correct? It is. Um, now, the focus really is for people with 
maybe uh, five years or less uh, because it talks a lot about uh, establishing your game plan and how are you going to prepare for your exit. It's never too early to start, but someone with 20 years where I'm working on sketching out a book right now that would really address long-timers. But the principles in the book apply to, to anyone. There's 20 pages on first-timers, but most of the book is general uh, life skill development and mindset development um, precepts that are biblically based and help people really be the person that God has created them to be. Mm, Regarding okay. the people who are in prison, let me just interject this for a second. There are some bad characters. There's no doubt. I mean, their their hearts are are cold. Satan has them in the in the center of his hand, and he is just squeezing tight. Um, and we need to pray for those folks. And those are the folks that kind of get the attention in the headlines, the extremely violent, the incorrigible, if you will. But that's less than 10%. And probably more than 70% really, really want to turn. They want a better life. They they want God, but they think they've done too much for God to love them. They want to do well in the future, but they just don't know how to get there. 70% are extremely open and extremely hungry for help, for spiritual help. They're not adverse to talking openly about Jesus. And so the mission field is ripe, is biblically based, Jesus said, to, to minister to those who are in prison. And so that I appreciate your heart and your ministry and, and what you've said to that point, that we, the church today needs to have that burden. I pray for that. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thank you so much. So for those who are in this position, talk about setting goals. Okay. Um, So a lot of people have a goal. I want to be successful. Uh, I want to be rich. I want a nice car. I want to live in a good neighborhood, or I want to lose weight. And and those are good goals, but they're too broad. They're too vague. You, You don't really know how you're going to get there, and you don't really know when you've arrived, when you've met your goal. So in the book, I talk about how to break whatever goal you're moving toward down. It, it needs to be specific. There needs to be incremental steps that get you to where you want to go. Uh, there needs to be a short-term and a long-term component, uh, and it needs to be supported with activities that, that support that goal. So if we're talking about losing weight, the goal is not to lose weight. It needs to be specific. I want to lose 30 pounds. It needs to be incremental. I want to lose one pound a week or five pounds a month. Uh, it needs to have a short-term and a long-term component. My weekly goal is one pound. My monthly goal is five pounds. My six-month goal is 30 pounds. And it needs to be supported with sub-goals, activities that support it. So things like I'm going to lose weight. Well, I'm going to support that with exercise or diet or activities that are healthy and, and support that goal. So that's kind of the, the principle, and I take that principle and I help individuals see how they can apply it to whatever they're working toward, finances, getting their job, um, finding housing, uh, restoring a relationship, those kinds of things. Okay. Yeah, because absolutely it is is a lot easier to hit a target, to hit a goal when you know what that target is. So so that's that's definitely good advice. You also write in the book about finalizing an exit plan four months to the gate. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, um, 
again, the goal is not to be free <laughs> to get out. The goal is to understand God's will for your life and be where God wants you to be. And in that, we find happiness, peace, and purpose. So before an individual exits, they should really be thinking about, you know, how am I going to move forward toward my specific goals? So if they want to be an auto mechanic, for example, uh, and, and to live in a particular area, uh, area, they're going to need to support that goal with, you know, a bank account, with transportation plan, with a transitional housing plan, with with a number of things like that. So the four months to the gate period is is critical. I want people to exit prison able to run toward their goal with job possibilities lined up, with all of the ID kinds of things lined up so that they could get a bank account, so that they could get hired. If someone exits without ID or without a social security card, for example, it takes weeks to request that. And a lot of people leave prison with less than $100 in their pockets. Over half do not have a family support network. Their network is, for the most part, not positive. So waiting three, four weeks to get what you need to start to earn money in a positive place, it's, it's not practical. That's why people fail. So I want people to leave knowing where they're going to go, knowing how they're going to get around transportation-wise with all of their IDs and things in place, with debt forgiveness already in hand and already worked out. Those are some of the things I, I try to help people work through. Whatever their situation is, do as much on the inside. Redeem that time. Take care of things while you can so that you can exit with less of a burden, less stress, and more or better position to succeed moving forward. We are talking today to Gary Ray, author of Set Free, a handbook for inmates and families. We're going to pause for a brief announcement, but on the other side of the break, we'll be back with more from Gary concerning Set Free, and we will talk about the rapture of the church. So don't go away. You are tuned in to Discerning the Times. You are tuned into Discerning the Times. If you believe in what we stand for, would you consider partnering with us? Our partners program is based on Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you. For a recurring donation of $12.03 per month, you can help us share the message of Discerning the Times as we await our Lord's return to Israel. For more information, please visit our website, BlessingsToIsrael.com, or write to us at Blessings to Israel, PO Box 266, Nightdale, North Carolina, 27545. Now, let's return to the conclusion of today's program. Welcome back to the program. Being joined today by special guest Gary Ray to discuss his book, Set Free, a handbook for inmates and families. And we're going to wrap things up at the end of the program by talking about the rapture of the church. So you'll definitely want to hang around to the end. So, Gary, when it comes to inmates, uh, talk about they've they've gone through their their sentencing. They've they've gone through their incarceration and now they're they're being faced to the, the world once again. So talk about the first six months of freedom, what you detail in the book. Thank you. Yeah, the first six months are, are critical. It's when most people kind of spiral, begin to spiral down and put them on a path that leads them back to prison. So 
in that first six-month period, people need to establish a support network. They need to connect with people and organizations that will help them get to where they want to go. Too often we try to do it alone. We are, uh, you know, an island. We're a rock. We're men. We can do it. But this book really advises coupling with a church, a prayer partner, an accountability partner, uh, a sponsor, a counselor. Uh, and there's so many good support networks that will help with housing, with health, uh, medical, dental, optical type concerns, and, and so many other pertinent issues. So I, I try to present uh, two truths here, that there is hope. You can pursue your plan as long as you have a good support network behind you, walking with you. And I guess I guess that's, that's the main point here. I, I want people not to feel alone and that when they are supported with these peripheral organizations, they will be buoyed even through those difficult times. And they don't have to wait until they're in crisis. To, to reach out to someone, they could say, "Look, I, you know, this is coming up. It's a month away. A bill is coming, uh, or I have this goal. I'd like to be at this point in three months." You know, these support services, pastors, leaders, counselors can help them get to where they want to go. And I really like that you're driving home the point of so many inmates that become repeat offenders because that is the thing we don't want them to return to prison. And I think that when we we look at our own struggles, everyone in life has some something that they battle with. There's a stronghold for one person. It may be overeating for another person. It may be uh, lust sexually. And for someone else, it could be forgiveness, whatever it may be. But we, we have these strongholds in our lives that that we we want to overcome them. But but we tend to continue to to fall to it. We we repeat it and we want to get out of that cycle. And I think it's good for, for us to understand that when it comes to inmates, a lot of them, it is not necessarily that they are desiring to do wrong. It's just they have these strongholds in their lives. And so it is so important for us to to have that right perspective when it when it comes to to this subject. And and I want to wrap things up when it when talking about this book, Set Free, is you talk about life skills and, and inspiration for inmates. So speak to that for us, please. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I have a pastoral background, and I'm used to preaching on specific t- subjects. And what I've done is I've looked at the thousands of scriptures in the Bible, put them into categories, and I've presented information in a very easy-to-read format regarding what does the Bible say about how to live life? And so there's uh, video teachings and there's you know uh, text that talk about how to make good financial decisions, how to manage anger, how to develop communication skills, how to earn respect. Some of the key things in life that many struggle with, and it's easy practical advice. My goal here is to present the Bible is not an old antiquated book, but it's full of living truth and words and so much practical information regarding how to live today. And so if they could be inspired about how to manage their anger by a, a presentation, a biblically-based presentation on how to manage anger, then, then that will lead to other areas of spiritual exploration, which I think will just advance their, their goal of finding purpose and happiness in life. All right. Well, this is definitely a great work. Where can our listeners pick up a copy of this book, Set Free, a handbook for inmates and families? Thanks. Um, 
So our main website is Set Free Indeed from John 836, com, And on there you can order it. We work with a DOC-approved publisher, so most know that you can't just have a book from home that you like and, and mail it to uh, an inmate. It doesn't work that way. So you have to work through a DOC publisher, which which we have. It. Our store is on our website, and the book is profiled on the website. But if anyone wants a copy, they could go to the website, and you could email me um, just through the contact form and say, I'd like a digital copy. I'll, I'll give them a link, and they can have that. Uh, there's no cost, but there is a cost for the for the physical copy, and you could order it from our store. All right. Sitfreeindeed.com. All Thank right. You. Yes. All right. So we're going to shift gears here somewhat and talk about the rapture. But there is a connection because when we talk about being set free, you know, that's that's redemption. And, and the only way by which we have redemption is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And for those who receive him as as Lord and Savior, for those who accept the, the gift of salvation that Jesus Christ paid our sin debt at Calvary. Well, there's a promise that he made for us when it comes to the future. So talk with us, if you will, Gary, about uh, the rapture of the church, sort of defined for us at a high level. For those who may not be familiar with it, what the rapture of the church is. Thank you. It, it is a topic that's not widely preached in churches today. I believe it should be. Mm-hmm. The rapture teaching basically is that the Lord is going to come and rescue his faithful followers. That group is also called the Bride of Christ. It's also called his true church. At some point, Christ is going to come, sweep up believers, and rescue us from the horrors and the trials that we read about in the book of Revelation. So exactly when that's going to happen, I don't know. It doesn't matter. The Bible says we are to be ready and expectant and to live lives worthy of our calling. And so we believe that the rapture is imminent. That means it could happen at any time. Jesus, just like in the movies or in the book Left Behind, Jesus could come in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. And as Jesus talked about it in Matthew 24, he said there's going to be one working in the field, I mean two working in the field, and then boom, just one is going to be left. Or two is going to be at the mill, just one is going to be left. Some are going to be taken, and the rest are going to be left behind to endure the horrors that are profiled in the book of Revelation between chapters 6 and 19. All right. So God has placed it on your heart to create what is called a rapture kit. So speak with us about the rapture kit that you've developed. Thank you. Um, So when the rapture happens, the true church is going to be gone. Pastors are going to be gone. Christian programming is going to be off the air. Soon, the Antichrist will rise to power, and then all things Christian will be banned. There will be no such thing as Christian radio or podcast or books or churches on the corner. They might last for a while, but the true church is gone. And my heart is, how are those people in the post-rapture world going to come to Christ and grow in Christ? especially as the Antichrist rises to power and outlaws all things Christian. The Bible talks about in last day's revival, people are going to come to the Lord, people are going to grow in the Lord, they're going to be martyred for the Lord in those last seven years. How are they going to come to the Lord with the church gone? So I led in creating a rapture kit resource, 
it's on it's material on a flash drive, so it's non internet dependent. It's like a library of materials, like a Bible college, you know, on a stick. It uh, includes a couple Bibles, uh, 15 books, dozens of teaching videos, more than an, 100 audio message messages, uh, more than 100 pages of uh, research documents, uh, lots of good information that explains what happened, that profiles what is going to come through those seven years of tribulation, how to come to the Lord, how to live for the Lord, and how to become the next generation leader for the Lord. So it's an investment into the post-rapture world, how to be a part of, of seeding the revival that's profiled in Scripture. Most churches do well at foreign missions. Yeah, I want to support foreign missions. Well, this is future missions. And I believe that believers today have a spiritual mandate to invest in caring for those who are going to need to come to the Lord in that post-rapture world. Yeah, and, and Gary, I commend you for having the foresight to think of this because we at our ministry, these podcasts, these radio programs and blogs, articles, we have over a decade of material that is out there online. And, and we have the luxury today that we can just go online and and listen to and view Christian material. But as you said, when the Antichrist rises to power during the tribulation, that, that will be all gone. That will be long gone. And so it is so vital that we still be able to minister to those who have been left behind. And, and I commend you for what you're doing. How can people get um, this rapture kit? Again, if they just come to our website, setfreeindeed.com, we have a store there, the book, our other books, and the rapture kit resource is profiled there. All right. And if you would, Gary, in the last 30 seconds, um, I know there are some out there who are believers in Christ. They are Christians, and they're probably laughing and shaking their head right now with us and saying, well, the church, we go through the tribulation. We're not going to be taken away and raptured before the Antichrist comes to power. What words would you have for those people? If, if you want to write me, I will send you uh, 20 pages that provide you know, scriptural support for our position here. Um, we preach readiness more than a date. The Bible does talk about uh, being swept up and caught up and taken away and um, escaping the time of wrath. But I think we're all together on we need to live for the Lord today, be ready for the Lord today, and invest in our brothers and sisters who may not uh, be near a spiritual resource or may be outlawed at some point in the future. This Rapture Kit resource is a great discipleship and evangelism tool. Amen. Amen. A very fitting note to close on. So, Gary, I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule once again to join us today. Thank you for your work for the Lord's kingdom. And I pray that God will continue to bless you and encourage you as you move forward uh, again, doing the work for our Lord. So thank you so much. And we look forward to having you again in the future. Thank you, Brian. God bless. And to our listeners, thank you for joining in. Please come back and join us next week as we continue to encourage you to discern the times by viewing life through the lens of the Bible. Until then, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Bless God's great nation of Israel. And to the only wise God, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Discerning the Times. Please come back and join us next week as we continue to encourage you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Until next time, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and seek first the kingdom of God. 
Discerning the Times is presented by Blessings to Israel.